0: This is a true story for the island of Westry, where my mother came from. And I heard the story for her, and I've seen it for other folk too, of course. But there was a wee connection between that and my family as well, which I'll tell you at the end. It's a story called The Wreck of the Archangel. Now, it was in the 1730s, on the island of Westry, and there was a terrible gale blowing. And at the wee cottages of Sequy, the Rendle woman that lived there, Rendle was her surname, she sat by the fire, and with a little bit of light that came from the cruisy lamp, she was busy knitting away, and trying to keep warm. When the door opened, and in came her husband, and he said, there's a big ship heading towards the rocks down at Ramagio. I'm going to go next door and get chalk of wheeling stains and go down and see if there's anything we can do. We'll be careful, she said. It's no a night to be out on. Aye, I can, he says. I can, lass. I'll, I'll take care. And sure enough, he gied next door to get the neighbour and he gied down to the shore. And there was the ship. And she was in a terrible condition. Some of the masts had snapped and the the sails were torn. And she was completely at the mercy of the tide. And she was being drawn towards the skerries, towards the rocks. And there was not a thing that the people could do. They could just watch on helpless. But there was no way that they could have launched a small boat and got out to that ship that night. Now, on board the ship, the crew were panicking, they were running around frantically, they knew that their last day had dawned. And on the ship there was a woman, and she had a small boy, a wee bairn. Now, this woman, well, people say it was the captain's wife, but I don't know how they could know that. But this woman knew that the ship was doomed. There was not a thing that they could do to save themselves and so she decided that rather than stay on a splintering shattered ship she would take her chances in the roaring sea. And she tied her wee son close to her breast using her shawl. She tied him tight and then she chomped over the side of the ship into the foaming raging sea. At that moment the ship struck the rocks and it tore the side out of that vessel and the waves pounded it and it was broken to matchsticks. Now the folk standing on the shore couldn't do a thing to help. They just stood and watched, utterly helpless. And eventually, as it was dark, they went home. On well, the next morning, when the sun rose, they were back at the shore again. They knew that nobody could have survived in that sea. So they were down to see what they could glean from the wreck. You know, One person's disaster is another one's good fortune. There's no trees on Westry. There's no wood. Wood is scarce. So a broken-up ship would provide timber that you could make all sorts of things from. Everything from a cradle to a bed to a coffin would be made from the wood. And also there was sailcloth and rope to be picked up which were very useful as well, and whatever cargo the ship was carrying. Anything that was of any use was carried up above the high water mark and laid there. That mean you'd claimed it to take anything from above high water mark is tantamount to theft. That's how I was brought up too. Well, every now and again they would find a body, usually in a bad state, mangled with the terrible waves beaten on the rock. And they would pull the body up for a decent burial later. You never buried the dead from the sea, the sailors. They were never buried in the kirkyard. The sea claims its prey, and the sea will come and try to flood the Kirkyard to get them back, so you bury dead sailors by the side of the shore. You bury them on the links, and that's what they were going to do. Now, the man of Saquai was wandering along when he saw, lying there, in the surf, there was another body. And when he went over to look, it was a woman. And he thought, it's a terrible thing to see. And then he noticed, worse than ever, there was a small child tied to her. And that touched his heart. And then the bairn made a slight noise, just faint but a slight cry. And the man untied the shawl, and he took the bairn up, and it was alive, only just. But it was alive, unlike its mother. And so he ran with the bairn back to see, back as fast as he could, and he gave it. To his wife, and she got the burn stripped down, she dried him off, she wrapped them in blankets and sat him by the side of the fire to warm up. She rubbed his wee feet and hands to get the warmth back into him. She warmed up some milk and gave it to him to drink. Now they didn't know anything about this child. They had no idea who he was, where he came from, they knew nothing about the ship. And if he could speak any words at all, this wee boy, it was not in a language that was understood to anybody in Westry. The only clue of the ship was that the man of Sequi had found a piece of wood and had writing on it. But that didn't help him much because he was illiterate. So he brought it to the minister to read the minister looked at it and said, It says Archangel. It must have been a Russian ship. This must have been its port of registration Archangel, in the north of Russia. Well, that gave the man something, because they didn't know who this wee boy was, they didn't know what his name was. But the ship had given him a name, and they called him Archie Angel. And Archie Angel grew up to be a fine, strong young man. And he married and had a family. And for a long time after that, there were angels in the island of Westry. Now that's normally where the story finishes, but my mother was born in Westry in 1922 So her grandparents were born in the, her parents were born in the 1880s, my grandparents. I was born in 1963. I was an afterthought. Old enough to have known better, as I always say. But anyway, my grandparents were born in the 1880s. And my grandfather, Chordy Draver, was a crofter. And he was a fisherman as well. He went out to sea in the boat. And they said that he knew the sea, he could read the sky. He had a great depth of knowledge, which is all long gone now. Anyway, the last person to bear the name of Angel in Westry was a woman called Mary Angel. Now, there had been a lot of girls in the family. So they were married, they had families of their own, but the name Angel had died out. Mary was the last. And when she married a man called Henry Mason, then the name disappeared from the families in Westry. Now, my mother used to say that Mary Angel was what she described as a set body. My mental picture always of her was uh, a Boris Yeltsin in a headscarf and pinny. She had a son, also called Henry, who was at school with my grandfather, Geordie Draver. They were in the same class together. Now, at that time, they had a teacher who was very, very strict. And if they did anything that he didn't approve of, if they stepped out a line just so much as a tiny bit, then he would take them, keep them in after school and make them do extra work. Detention, they call it these days. I don't know what they called it. Probably nothing as polite as that, though, the Bairns. But they were sitting there doing arithmetic with the slates and the slate pencils, and they're all going... (coughs) Scratching away on their slate. And then... (coughs) Rubbing it out, if they make a mistake. When they could hear a mutter, 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 coming up the close. "'and the door opens, and in walks Mary Angel. "'And she says to the teacher, "'Where's me boy?' "'He is being kept back,' said the teacher, "'because they have been bad today, "'so they are being punished. "'We'll his tea's ready,' she said. "'And she went to get her son. "'Now the teacher, educated man, though he was, "'did a very stupid thing, "'because any fool knows that you do not get "'between a wild animal and its young.' And that's what he did. He got in front of the bairn and tried to stop Mary Angel. Mary chis up wi her fist and smacked him in the face. Doon he went like a sack o' tatties. Well, that was not enough for Mary. Oh, no. She got him by the scruff of the neck and she dadded his head off the floor until she knocked him out, Stone cold. And then she grabbed the bairn by the arm and Dragged them out the door and slammed it. The Burns were horrified. Oh my God, Mary Angel's killed the teacher. What sort of a detention will we get for that? They had pictures of themselves, these boys with, with long flowing beards, still doing long division on their slates. Well, he was lying there, a trickle of blood coming out of his ear one of the boys, who was slightly braver than the others, went and got a glass of water and splashed it on the man's face. The teacher's eyes flickered open, and in a weak voice he said, Get me a glass of water, boys. So they went and they got him a glass of water, and he took a drink and he said, Class dismissed. Well, they didn't need a second telling. They were out that door like a shot. And after that, Mary Angel became a bit oh, a hero among the bairns in Westry, because, you see, after that, that teacher never kept them back in detention again.